Greetings and welcome to Oak Chapel United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor John Finn. We are located on the western edge of Worcester on Old Lincoln Way, and we would invite you to join us for worship whenever the restrictions are lifted and we have a chance to become one together again. We hope that day is coming in the not too distant future. But in the meantime, I would begin today with this question, now what? Easter Sunday is over, Good Friday is past, Monday, Thursday, just a distant memory. We missed all of Holy Week in a place that we're used to marking that time in the church. So now what? What do we do next? How do we proceed from here? Well, I think the answer to that question, more than ever, is to rest on our faith. You know, faith is easy to have in the good times when things are going well and you're prospering. But it's when our faith is tested that we value it the most. So today, once again, as we often do, we're going to talk a little bit about our faith. Its strength, its weakness, its assets, its vulnerabilities. It's different for each of us. But today I thought we would do a little introspection and take a look at our faith and where it brings us and where it will take us from here. But first, let us open with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we sit here in this empty sanctuary once again, one Sunday after Easter 2020, a year that we thought was going to bring so much excitement, prosperity, joy, celebration. Instead, it has brought pain, sorrow, suffering, and uncertainty. So that brings up the issue of faith and where we stand here today on this Sunday morning with you. Lord, we ask you to be with us, to lift us up, to let us know that you are with us, and to lean on our faith now more than ever. This we pray in your most holy name. Amen. Let's take a little bit of a journey down memory lane. The year was 1969. We were coming to the conclusion of one of the most tumultuous and violent decades in quite some time. There was, of course, the war in Vietnam, several assassinations of prominent figures, including the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Bobby Kennedy. There was a lot of unrest, a lot of turmoil, a lot of drug use, a lot of uncertainty, and our young people were especially uncertain about what was happening. It seemed as if our nation and even our world was losing its very soul. But then, the last half of that year, a couple of miracles happened. Let's talk about that. So 1969, a year that I'm sure many of you remember, in July of that year, an historic event, man landed on the moon. Absolutely incredible. I remember as a youngster staying up to watch it, couldn't believe what was happening. Truly an historic moment in our country and in our world. 
couple of months later, an event that wasn't quite so dramatic or significant, but it had an impact on me, the once lowly New York Mets, one of baseball's just awful franchises, really did a transformation of sorts. When they came into the league as an expansion team, they had lost 120 games. That's almost unheard of. But by 1969, they had a pretty formidable team. And in fact, they advanced to the playoffs and to the World Series. And they wound up winning it all, beating the mighty Baltimore Orioles in just five games. Truly an historic event. In fact, they became known as the Amazing Mets. And what I remember is that there was a fan at Shea Stadium that would hold up a variety of signs, but one of them said, you've got to believe. Because even as we were watching this whole thing play out, and I was only like 13 at the time, it truly was unbelievable. It was amazing. This team that was so awful was about to conquer one of the best teams in baseball and win the ultimate prize in the major leagues to capture the World Series in 1969. So now all these years later, I still think that that phrase has a very profound meaning for us today, perhaps especially today in these times. You've got to believe. You've got to rest on your faith. How else can we get through troubled times? Each person has his or her own crisis from time to time. But now we're all experiencing this universal event and we don't really know what to make of it. It frightens us. It separates us in one way. It unites us in another way. Where do we go? What do we do with this event, this pandemic, this coronavirus, something that we've never dealt with in our lifetime. So today, as we reflect on where we are and where we might be, I want to share some scripture with you, some verses that I think are very profound and really help us as we make our way through. In particular, there's a passage from Hebrews chapter 11, there are 40 verses, and I'm not going to read all 40, but there are several that I want to share with you this morning. The first three, I think, really summarize this essence of faith. We talk about it. Do we really know what it is? Here's what Hebrews tells us about faith. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. To me, that's a very neat and tidy explanation of faith because faith is abstract at so many levels. But simply, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. We serve a God that we do not see. We feel His presence. We sometimes maybe think we hear His voice, but certainly we feel that His commands are guiding us and leading us in various decisions that we make. That is the essence of our faith. And further on in Hebrews, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. 
So let's talk about that for a moment. Are we at this point in our crazy lives earnestly seeking Him? Has this pandemic sort of stopped us in our tracks and made us rethink things a little bit, process things a little bit differently? How has our faith changed over the last six or eight weeks? Probably in a number of ways. And now more from Hebrews chapter 11. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. Now that's quite a price to pay. I don't think we've quite measured up to that in terms of what we're experiencing right now. And who knows what is to come. But because of their faith, they refuse to surrender. They refuse to give up. And I think that's the message for us in these times. Don't be persuaded by the naysayers. Hang on to your faith. Stand firmly on your faith. Continue to profess what you know and what you believe, what you understand and what you want to share with others. That passage from Hebrews concludes in this way. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, that only together with us would they be made perfect. Now, on the one hand, you look at that and think, they showed this, this great faith, but they didn't realize the reward in this lifetime. But eventually, they received their reward in the lifetime that is to come, the lifetime that we will all experience, that eternal life, that promise of spending eternity in the Father's kingdom of heaven. Now, to believe in that, to stand on that in this day and age, in these difficult times, not an easy thing to do. But again, as we reflect on the ancients and the trials and tribulations of those that were mentioned in Hebrews and all that they went through and all of the struggles, and yet they never let go of their faith. Now is the time for all of us to come together to strengthen our faith, to not allow ourselves to be weakened by what we hear and what we fear, but instead to stand strong on the rock of our salvation. So today, as we reflect on our faith, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with the 1969 New York Mets, or does it?
Because regardless of what you do in life, in order to persevere, you've got to believe. You've got to believe. You can't do it on your own. None of us can. Each of us has been given an array of talents, and we can accomplish many noteworthy things. But we cannot do the ultimate without the help of the Lord. So today, as we stand firmly on our faith, let us also reach down and pick up the others who have stumbled and fallen in their faith for a variety of reasons, many of which are quite understandable. They've gone through trials and tribulations, unspeakable pain and suffering. We can be the ones to reach out to them. Or perhaps you're one of those who's struggling, wondering, where is God? Where is He right now? I had a conversation with a a woman earlier today who just lost her husband, and, and she said, where's God? Where is He now? He's right there. He's right there alongside her to bring her comfort and to bring her peace. So as we move forward in the days ahead, keep this in mind. You've got to believe. Keep the faith. Stand strong. And He will remain with us. Let us pray. Father, You have reminded us of the gift of faith. How vital, how powerful, how life-changing it can be. Guide us as we seek to lift up our faith and bolster the faith of others. This we pray in your holy and precious name. Amen. As believers in Christ, as laborers in his kingdom, we take time now to acknowledge our sins, to ask for his forgiveness, as we also reach out and forgive one another. Let us join now and say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So, here we go once again, preparing to depart the sanctuary, at least in a figurative sense, because again, we are not able to be together. But the day will come when we will have an opportunity to share once again in worship with one another, perhaps even reach out, shake one another's hands, even embrace. We're not there yet, but we will get there. But in the meantime, because of our faith, we are united, and we walk with Him in lockstep on the pathway of righteousness to reach out, to love Him, to worship Him, to share our faith, and to lift up others, those who have fallen by the wayside for a variety of reasons, to reach down, to tell them, to keep the faith. You've got to believe. And now as we prepare to depart this place, we give thanks to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for His guidance, for His love, for His abundant grace and mercy. We lift up all of you today 
Each of us has our own concerns, our own worries, burdens, fears. Don't confuse that with a lack of faith, because it's not. But instead, rest on that faith. Call out to Him. Ask Him to be with you, to guide you, to lift you up, and to bring you home to the Father's kingdom. This we pray in His most holy name.